It is Bruins Thursday, presented by Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh since 1860. Let's cut ourselves with some razor. Hey, let's go. There's going to be a lot of traffic on the way to the game. Ah, uh, don't worry. I got Bruins plates. People get out of my way. Au revoir. Have a good game. Great plates. I want them too. Are you even old enough to drive? Andrew Raycroft. Bruins analyst Fernessen with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Razor brought to us by Brennan's Smoke Shop. Brennan's has nine locations in Massachusetts. Just opened their newest shop in Hudson, New Hampshire. Visit Brennan's for the best selection of cigars. Razor, good morning. And uh, Milbury did it again. He mentioned about, all right, here we go. We got to look to, you know, maybe look to move some people. Because as you taught us, it isn't Thanksgiving. Now it's Christmas in terms of looking at the playoff standing. So is clock ticking or not, Razor? Well, yeah, I'm glad at morning, guys. I'm glad I opened my phone up. I was running around this morning. I'm glad I checked in on this because – and I should have known that it, it came up again. It, it's crazy. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. And, um, yes, the Bru- yes, it's turning into – the Bruins are in the playoffs right now. On points percentage, they are in the playoffs. I triple checked this morning, um, and of any of the sports, if it's hockey that we know, if you get in, you have a chance. So um, this Patrice Bergeron thing, I, I, it, it should go away. It really should. It doesn't make any sense <laughs> at all. It's crazy to me. What would the reaction be in the uh, the locker room, the dressing room, as it were, if if Bergeron were to be traded? Well, people. I, I, I can't even – I can't picture it because it, it, it's not – it wouldn't happen. Like, it's just not happening. I, and I love that we're talking hockey. I Hopefully we talk hockey on talk radio and I understand it. Um, this guy's – I was looking. They're better than Pittsburgh right now in the playoff race. Do you think they're on Pittsburgh radio talking about trading Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin right now? <laughs> well, they do have no and, owners, and, so you never know. <laughs> they, that's right. That's true. They might need to cut some payroll there. They might cut payroll. They're going analytical. Uh, it, I don't – it doesn't – so it just, it's just crazy that this has come up again to me when you're talking about two players that are going to play on the Canadian Olympic team, which is the hardest hockey team to make in the world. They're both going to be on it. They're, they're carrying their team that's in the playoffs right now, and, and you want to blow it up. It, it, just, it, it just seems so unrealistic to me. Now, do you think Bergeron is more likely to sign an extension after next year, or is it possible he retires after next year? For me, he's, he's just going to sign a one-year deal or a two-year deal, whatever is best for the team, whatever works for the salary cap, whatever works for the guys that they want to sign in the summer to make this team better and continually play in the playoffs. And that, that's my expectation. Um, I think ch- things can change, but he's playing at, at a level and, and has his family here in Boston. I think it, it, I, I think the reason he has, doesn't have a five-year extension right now is because he isn't sure how long he wants to play and he doesn't want to put the team in a situation where they're paying him or they're, they're pay- the salary cap's being hurt because he's decided to retire. Andrew Raycroft, Nesson Hockey Analyst with Gresh and Keith here on Bruins Thursday on the WEEI Sports Radio Network. Now, I know that Bergeron did score the only goal for the Bruins last night on a five-on-three power play, but he's playing with a broken nose and the full face shield. Razor, I don't know if you ever broke your nose and then went out and tried to play hockey, but, 
I know Bergie said, ah, it's a couple of times that this has happened. He's not thrilled with it, but he's used to it. Like, I can't envision going out there and playing like 27 or 30 minutes, whatever he logged last night, when he can't breathe through your nose like you normally can. How obtrusive is it for a hockey player to go out there with a busted beak? Well, and, and his beak seems to be getting a little bit bigger every time, too, but he it's get it's it's the bubble it's the fishbowl that he has on his face that is so difficult to breathe in to find the puck in it it does encumber you a lot so it would be it would be something to get used to um again i I don't think a guy that is playing through the things that he does still at this age is someone who just wants to retire and go away i mean he's got plenty of opportunity to do that and he can continues to roll himself out there every single night how frustrating was last night's result? Just because you know it's a tough three-game road trip out west in Canada. You got Edmonton tonight, who we can get to, and then Calgary on Saturday. Clearly the worst team out of the three was last night in Vancouver. And, yeah, you get a point, but you don't get two. It's frustrating. I think it's also the way the schedule set up makes this trip even more difficult. Typically when I would go out there, it would be – Calgary Edmonton back to back then you get a couple days off and you play Vancouver on the Saturday night let's say and that that would have teed up a little bit better it's hard that first game they're going three time zones they couldn't go the extra day ahead because everybody had an illness so last night I know they're the worst team but that's a tough out they have a new coach so they have some more energy than typically they do but just going out three time zones I know you guys talk about in football all the time that early game it does change the guys' routines. It changes their where they are. So I wasn't surprised to see a sluggish game. The, the overtime's killing me. The, the way they're playing overtime, I wish they would get more chances. I wish they would open things up. I wish they would possess the puck more. That's something, again, being in these tough, you know, in the eighth, seventh, sixth spot in the playoffs, these points are going to be adding on. So I want to see the overtime get a lot better. But wasn't surprised to see a sluggish, tough Tough one tonight to go back-to-back and play mm-hmm. Connor McDavid. Certainly a big ask tonight. Andrew Raycroft, Nesson Hockey Analyst with Gresham Keefe. He's with us each and every Thursday at 1110 here on the WEEI Sports Radio Network. I want to jump on what you said about overtime. Is it an issue of talent? Is it an issue of philosophy? Is it both? What are you seeing in the OT that you don't like? Uh, I'm not quite sure what the answer is, and if I did, I'd, I'd be I'd be Jack Adams, so I'd be winning Coach of the Year every year. Uh, but it's for me, I, I, it can't be a personnel issue. I don't think. I think you could find a way to get three guys out there in skating. I, I just find that they give up possession too easily. I find that they take shots too quickly, especially when they don't have an opportunity to retrieve it. I think they have to. Hold on to it. You see the teams that really do it well, Tampa Bay on Saturday night. They hold on to it. They'll swing all the way back and really tire a team out, really get that those three guys out there for over a minute, try and get them two minutes and really possess the puck. And I feel at times the Bruins try and shoot too quickly or they try and make a, a pass that might be there, but it's certainly going to be there if they hold on to it for 35 more seconds because the other team won't have the legs. So, I think it's more of a philosophy issue from, from where I'm sitting and just possessing that puck a lot more than they are right now. It's been three straight starts now for Jeremy Swayman. He has 13 of the games to uh, Linus's nine. 
is is Swayman fair to say the number one goalie, or do you still see it as pretty even? Well, I think it can. I think he is the number one goalie right now, but I think it's still very fluid. I, it's not like if Swayman plays three poor games and Allmark plays great in two games that they're going to go back to Swayman again. And and that's that's how you really know you have a number one guy where you're going to let him play through some tough games. That's not the situation the Bruins are in. So yes, I'm saying Swayman over the last ten days, two weeks is is taking that number one ball. But I think it can change if Walmart gets a shutout against Edmonton tonight. You know that's going to flip back. So mm-hmm. so Swayman's played really well. He's done. A, he's played great in Nashville. Played good against Tampa. It was a tough start, and then last night got a point. So he's in a good good role. Now it's up to Allmark to to get that net back. Marshy was back. Uh, Taylor Hall moved up for a couple of games. I know I wreaked some havoc out there a little bit. What did you see in Taylor Hall playing up, and what kind of decisions moving forward, Razor, does the coaching staff have to make in terms of first and second line mixing and matching all six? It's I thought Taylor Hall did a good job. I think again playing with Patrice and, and David, you're you're always going to do a pretty good job. I think those guys make everybody better who's on that left side. But Taylor seemed to be pushing. I thought him and David had good chemistry on the wings, especially. I thought they're playing at a similar pace out on the ice. So so I liked his game there. I think it, it, it's. It's a question that's starting to creep in a little bit more, and it might be more of a better question than this trading Marshawn and Bergeron narrative is, do they break up the top line? Do you try and find more depth within the lineup and with those top two lines? Do you put Taylor Hall and Coyle and Pasternak together and then keep the Bergeron, Marshawn, and Moose Smith on the right side? I think there is a way to, to maybe generate more depth and more secondary scoring that we like to say so often with this group. Um, they're, they're obviously not ready to pull the trigger yet, but, but I could see it sticking for more than just the one game as, as we go on. How do you think Jake DeBrusque has played since asking for a trade, and what do you think is the future of him here? I, I've liked his game. I, I think he's playing with pace. He's trying to he's taking pucks to the net it doesn't seem to have affected him too much and and I think I touched on that last week where he's been dealing with this for months now and 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 it just came to light publicly and it's probably a couple tough days of people texting him and but he's known this the players have known it the coaches have known it so I, I don't think too much has changed on the ice I think he's done a good job on that fourth line left wing It'll be interesting to see how long this goes on for. Um, it, it, the Bruins are definitely are, are certainly not making a trade just to make a trade. They're not going to just dump Jake DeBrusque. It, it, that seems pretty evident to me. But how long do you go on with this? And, and when does when does the other team right? When does the other team that they're talking to feel like it's necessary for them to make a deal too? It's kind of that. That Thanksgiving 20 game, 25, are they going to try and get a deal done before the holiday break? I think there's six or seven days where you can't make deals, can't make trades. Do, does that put, is that a leverage spot or does it really not matter to the Bruins? That'll be interesting to see. I, I feel like it's a little more imminent than it was even a week ago, two weeks ago. 
We learned the phrase tickle trunk at Halloween from our friend Andrew Raycroft, and uh, you can go into the tickle trunk for good or for bad. So, Razor, who gets stuffed in the tickle trunk this week? I'm putting the overtime three-on-three units in the tickle trunk in a negative way. They've got to figure out how to find a way to get points or at least generate points, generate some excitement. It's starting to frustrate me. Two games in a row where they've lost in a shootout loss. And just think of the narrative, right? If they win those last two games, they've now won three in a row. They're really rolling. Then we're not talking about Patrice getting traded. So, so I'm putting that on the overtime units. I need them to be better. They're in the tickle trunk in a, in a poor way this week. Well, good stuff, Razor. We appreciate it. Cutting analysis from Andrew Raycroft. Thanks Ooh. for the time, friend. We'll catch you next week. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. Thank there you. There we go. There you goes too. Andrew Raycroft. He's brought to us by Brennan Smoke Shop.